Nadine, what do you make of Anglo's decision to reverse asset sales? Yeah, Sakina, I mean, uh, you know, the, so we've got to provide some context to this decision. Um, you know, uh, the, during the commodity super cycle of uh, just before the financial crisis, you know, we're talking about 2005, six, and seven. Um, you know, commodity prices were booming. Obviously, China was still uh, very much in the gearing up phase in the economic growth, uh, or in, in, in the gearing up phase of the economic growth. And uh, there's a lot of infrastructure spend in China. And, uh, you know, we've all heard the statistics about China consuming as much steel, um, you know, in the last decade as what the U.S. consumed in the entire 20th century. So, um, you know, it was very much a, a, a supernatural cycle for commodity demand. Um, you know, we saw commodity prices spiking through the roof, and we saw all mining companies saying, um, you know, well, this is the new normal, and in response to this, uh, you know, bringing on a whole new plant, or, or paying massive premiums to bring on a, a whole lot of new plants um, in order to bring commodity supply to the market. Anglo itself commissioned its Minas Rio project, uh, Billiton, Vale, um, you know, all the major mining co- uh, conglomerates are bringing, uh, bringing on uh, commodity supply in a massive way. Now, uh, you know, obviously, uh, subsequent to that, we saw the financial crisis, we saw uh, commodity prices plummet, and we saw uh, the majority of these mining companies then uh, really suffer under their balance sheets becoming significantly strained uh, because of all these new projects being brought online, their costs going up um, and commodity prices falling. Um, you know, and the market really punished these companies fairly harshly. Um, you know, in response to this, uh, Sakina, one of the plans announced by Anglo-American last year was that, um, you know, the commitment was that we won't make the same mistake, um, you know, and they will, they will exercise significant capital discipline, um, you know, in order to show up its balance sheet, sell uh, off all its non-core assets and streamline Anglo-American to just 16 assets um, in the platinum, the iron ore, uh, the coal and the manganese and the diamond and diamonds and manganese and basically sell off all other non-core assets in order to uh, keep the balance sheet very healthy and raise a significant amount of cash and not bring a whole lot of new, um, uh, you know, unprofitable supply to the market. Now, uh, you know, over the last year, we've seen quite a strong rec- or a very strong recovery in commodity prices, um, you know, and it's, it, it, it really reminisces of miners reverting back to their bad behavior of, you know, 05, 06, and 07, of, uh, you know, not exercising capital discipline unless they are ultimately forced to do so by the market. I mean, you know, if you look at Anglo-American at one point last year, there were a lot of rumors going around that they'd actually need a rights offer in order to survive. And, you know, that's how dire things had to get before they talked about, uh, you know, cutting non-core assets to show up the balance sheet. Um, you know, as soon as that's gone out the window and we've seen a strong recovery in the share price and, uh, you know, a strong recovery in commodity prices, we see them going back to their old ways of, uh, you know, perhaps not exercising capital discipline to the extent that they should. Now, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk in the market that it could be possibly that Anglo-American is just really playing hardball, and the reason they're saying they're not selling off these assets is because they don't want to get low-balled in terms of an, in terms of an offer if the market believes that they're desperate. Although, uh, you know, I think there could be better communication to shareholders then instead of just saying, well, we're going back on trimming these non-profitable assets. Um, you know, and obviously the market has reacted quite negatively to this as we see the Anglo-American share price sharply down ever since they announced it in their results early last week. 
And then uh, just a quick one, Nadir, where to from here for finding value and equities and some of the benefits of the new taxes that were announced in uh, Praveen Gordon's budget speech? Okay, so we'll deal with the equity question first. And I think, um, you know, after the strong rally we've seen in the mining sector and, you know, a lot of talk about the mining, the miners being really cheap last year, and of course that they were, and what proved to be a significant unlock in value there was uh, the strong rebounding commodity prices against what um, the many market participants had anticipated and against, uh, you know, the rationale of a lower economic growth normal last year and China shifting their source of economic growth. So despite all those factors, commodity prices did quite well and the miners did quite well, um, you know, and that's obviously uh, seen quite a lot of value unlock in terms of those businesses and some sort of, um, you know, multiple expansion. Although on a forward-looking basis, they, they, they touted to have improved earnings outlooks um, given the higher commodity prices. So that story still remains there, although um, it's quite volatile, uh, you know, and obviously quite dependent on how these mining companies behave, as we just discussed. Um, you know, outside of the mining sector, there's obviously, um, you know, an increasingly better story to tell around South African incorporated businesses or those businesses in the JSC, um, you know, which face um, directly, uh, which are directly impacted by uh, the South African macroeconomy. I mean, if one looks at ShopRite's results, which were released the other day, uh, really a stellar set of numbers. And granted that uh, there was significant growth outside of uh, the South, outside of South Africa and in the African continent. Um, you know, still a very respectable set of numbers with 19% earnings growth, uh, over 12% year-on-year revenue or top-line growth. So obviously, significant improvements in the margin as they, one, cut costs, and two, uh, the effects of the drought start, start to be alleviated, and, uh, you know, they can add that onto, onto their bottom line margin. So, and we saw the share price reacting quite positively to that. Um, you know, obviously the banks have come under some significant pressure um, pretty much ever since the start of the year, and, you know, with the banks starting to now uh, roll over credit and starting to extend credit into an economy which they believe are improving, which is improving, um, you know, hopefully that will provide some base for earnings growth um, out of the banks. Obviously, there's been some issues around the, the Forex trading probe and the Competition Commission investigating that, uh, but broadly speaking, a more positive outlook for the, the, the banks as well. And then, obviously, uh, one looks at some of the other retailers, food producers, and the, and the construction industry. Um, you know, those have started to do quite well and possibly offer um, some better opportunities as economic growth starts to improve. Um, with regards to the budget, Sakina, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about uh, the increase in taxes and, you know, something like a Robin Hood budget where of taking from the rich and giving to the poor. Um, in terms of that, there's obviously some very differing opinions and it is quite controversial, but, uh, you know, the bottom line is that South Africa is a highly unequal society and, uh, you know, talking about economic growth and uh, sharing the, 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 the proceeds or the fruits of economic growth with all of South Africa, um, you know, it should be a key, should be a key vision of, of, of all states. Stakeholders, and uh, you know, we, we've, of recent times, we've learnt of the, ad, of the adverse effects of uh, highly unequal societies and what a negative impact that has on economic growth. Um, and those studies are there for everybody to see. With um, you, you know, French economist uh, Thomas Piketty, uh, you know, in South Africa, in fact, a couple of years ago, talking about that. And uh, with South Africa being one of the most highly unequal uh, societies on earth, um, you know, this redistribution of, of, of the budget or of the wealth. 
um, you know, is really there uh, to redistribute some of the wealth, increasing dividends taxes and uh, super tax on high-income earners. Um, you know, and I think uh, at the end of the day, reducing inequality uh, is positive for the long-term story of economic growth. So uh, for the time being, where growth is very hard to come by and, uh, you know, National Treasury has to ultimately fund an in excess of 3% budget deficit and do so cost-effectively to, event, uh, to prevent a ratings downgrade. Um, revenue measures were needed, and given how unequal South Africa, the South African society is, um, those revenue measures were chosen to be taken from the wealthy instead of from the poor through, through, through that. And, uh, you know, one has to ultimately believe that that would be fair, given how unequal South Africa is.